Hey listeners, this is Sarah Ashley of Nerds on Film. On February 24th at 5.30 Pacific Time, we nerds will be streaming a live commentary track for Hollywood's biggest night, the 85th Annual Oscars. Tune in to listen to us do what we do best, make jokes, and discuss movies. It's like normal Nerds on Film, but longer and in real time. We hope you'll join us for the big night, and you can find out more at nerdonomy.com. You're listening to Nerds on Film with Brian Moriarty, David McGuire, and Sarah Ashley. If you can't do it, you gotta break out the song. Yeah, if you're gonna sing it, you sing it. It's late, guys. I don't no, know. no, no. It's not that late. I'm not singing the log song. If I'm gonna be belting out something else, it better be karaoke, and or at least it better be a song in my repertoire. Listeners, okay. please give us your feedback. If you'd like to hear Sarah sing the log song in its entirety, loudly, mind you, on the next episode, please email us or let us know on the Facebook page. <laughs> Bring out the harmonica. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> <laughs> oh my god! It'd be funny, and all of a sudden we hear this Marie Callias style like opera voice. Remember, it's just like, <laughs> you know, I've had experiences like that though. Uh, um, where people's heads turn because it's like no. Okay, so um, you know, I, I volunteer up at Lick Observatory, right? Yeah, my dad's on the board of directors, so I'm, you know, yeah. I go up there all the time and help him out. And um, one of their senior astronomers has the most magnificent most beautiful voice I've ever heard. And we were just in the the telescope dome where the harmonics were perfect. And she just starts belting out this amazing song from, I don't even know what it was, but it was just, it was, uh, oh, it was um, Aida? Yeah, oh. so it was Aida. The and opera Aida. Yeah, the, yeah, the opera. She's an opera singer. She, yeah. And it was, I was like, what the hell is going on? There's opera all of a sudden. Oh, you can sing magnificently. Is that a tear coming down my cheek? <laughs> I mean, it was it was yeah. it was shocking. It was like this person just started singing opera. You no, know, actually, you also can sing opera really well. Michael Bolton, really? What? Unbelievable! I would, you wouldn't expect that, right? This dude didn't even finish high school. He dropped out, but because he was that passionate about music. But there's actually you can find on YouTube. He did a concert in Italy where he sang Vesti la Giuba, which is that famous song in Pagliacci. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking the about? The really tormented one. Yeah. Exactly. And he does it, like, I mean, he sounds like Michael Bolton, but he does it operatically, and it's just like, well done, sir. That's <laughs> well awesome. done. Doesn't strain himself, doesn't even look like he's breaking a sweat doing it, and he hits all those notes. I was like, damn, he's really not that bad of a singer at all. It's very different than... Uh... This is the story of Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> this is the time. Oh, oh my god! That is yeah. so funny. Yeah. <laughs> that was brilliant. That was actually the thing that made me go like, "Okay, Michael Bolton, you're cool. I get you now." <laughs> funny thing is, I actually only heard that song on the radio originally. It actually oh, got really? your, yeah, because mm. uh, so I have Sirius XM and uh, seriously, shut up. Yeah. Shut up, Eric. Eric, we don't need your puns. <laughs> I was asked specifically to provide puns for this evening's entertainment. Uh, no, actually, we I... actually asked you for, to provide nuns. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Again. And I live right down the street from a convent. I had ample supply of nuns to pull from. Hey, those nuns, they have hidden talents. I've seen one that could juggle like crazy. Okay. What? <laughs> Chainsaws, why, for that matter. Why would a nun want to be on the Nerds on Film <laughs> podcast? 
Hey, there's, been, there's lo- been tons of biblical films. Yeah, nuns are allowed to sure. watch movies. Sure. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll discuss- you know how many tickets I sold to nuns when I worked at, at a movie theater? <laughs> two. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, probably more like two. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they always travel in pairs. You notice that, right? Nuns you never travel. see a single nun anymore. Not out in the wild. There's always at least two of them. <laughs> no, the nuns that do. No nunjitsu. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Nunjitsu. Oh, Nunjitsu. That's Jesus. awesome. <laughs> oh, I'm Dude, telling that one to nun. my father tomorrow. He's going to love it. <laughs> Seriously, uh, man. Well, when we Where do we go from Nunjitsu? <laughs> I don't know, but when we just try, you know, want to discuss the 10 commandments on this podcast, then we'll bring in a nun. How about that? Oh, it's hilarious, dude. I just got this image of a nun who's like she's being surrounded by a bunch of like thugs. <laughs> she pulls out a rosary, <laughs> splits it, and she's just starts doing it. It's like these uh, like nunchucks, like like nunchucks or chains or something like that. <laughs> well, oh see, God. nunchucks would be funny because it's it, nunchucks because of the pun. But no, like there was those um, there's a like a, a rope. With a hook that the Chinese use in like Shaolin, oh. like those. Wow, that's you. That's you really thought elaborate. this very well out. Yeah, it's I very like specific. It. Yeah, I think yeah. I think we know Brian's secret calling. <laughs> he wants to be a crime fighting nun. <laughs> well, you guys have seen Battle Pope, right? The oh, Battle Pope, Pope is Battle hilarious. Pope. Oh, I'm sorry, what? We talk about that. There's yeah. an independent comic where the Pope is a superhero, and he is basically been charged by God to fight off like vampires and demons and stuff that are They're the same the way. Church. Is it dark like Constantine style or like it's it's dark. It's it's you know. But the Pope outfit's pretty cool. It's like yeah. it's be- it's like the but they make the Pope outfit look cool. He's got the, the miter still, but he's got like these gauntlets. Yeah, he's oh pretty God. cool that all go with the theme. Um the guy who worked on Battle Pope has also worked on The Walking Dead. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll be dead. Yeah. It's like imagine the Pope is a superhero in a superhero outfit and it's like Is he young? Is he old? Kind of looks he's like middle aged. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like he can hold his own. You okay. know. Yeah. He's, he's got, got the, the power of God behind him, so I'm sure that you know he's made him work out. Yeah. Why didn't we talk about Battle Pope during our gun history? God. I know. Totally. We should have. We didn't. Oh well. Mr. Kirkman, we apologize if you're <laughs> listening. We love oh. you. Anyway, with that, welcome to Nerds on Film, guys. Oh well, thank you. Hey. Yes. Uh, welcome to you. <laughs> Thanks. I'm Sarah Ashley. I'm Brian Moriarty. And I am Eric Brickmart. Eric, thank you again. For oh, don't thank me in. yet. We haven't gotten to the end of the episode. <laughs> oh, we'll be fine. You've always provided a funny little diversion. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's what I am, well, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we were hanging out because, you know, uh, the boys were recording Nerds on History earlier. And so I, because I was here, they just, I hopped on their podcast and now Eric's hopping back onto ours. So Yeah. It was originally going to be just the two of us. Yeah. Yes, it was going to be just the two of yeah. us. Sad because I, I actually had brought I had found candles. Um, <laughs> in, in many ways, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like speed, only without the bus. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just got this image. Sarah's at the wheel. <laughs> I just have a wheel and no bus. <laughs> <laughs> You're just running down the street with a wheel. <laughs> I have to go over fifty miles per hour. <laughs> Sarah, Where's Keanu? Sarah. What are you doing? <laughs> Sarah, Sarah, I know nunjutsu. <laughs> How's There's that possible? a bomb in my purse. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when that's when the Toronto Homeland Security just whisks you away. 
<laughs> Sarah's gone. What happened to Sarah? I don't know. Something about being a domestic terrorist. <laughs> she got shipped off to Gitmo. <laughs> oh dear. If the CIA is listening, this please do not take this seriously no, under we're any joking. circumstances. Joking, joking, joking. We love the president, and and we love the government. So we don't. We do. Yeah, we do. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, beautiful. Yep. <laughs> Brian, would you like another piece of apple pie, Sarah? <laughs> You just remember the Franz Lipkin scene from the producers. Yeah. I was never a member of the Nazi party. Yeah. I'm an American citizen. <laughs> a beautiful, <laughs> fierce, spacious <laughs> And then when the newer one, he's like, I was never a member of the Nazi party. I didn't even know there was a war going on. <laughs> <laughs> they were all in Switzerland. All I heard was yodeling. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh. Well, how do we segue into this? <laughs> you know what? This is a really big because we're a few days away from our live Oscar podcast, yes. which we're super excited about. Mm-hmm. We found the method for doing it. It's awesome. It even has a live chat feature. So I'm excited about that it's as well. It's going to be really awesome. Live text chat. Cool. Uh, you guys will see the details on that on Anatomy.com in a couple days. If not, maybe, maybe by the time this episode's released. Yeah. It's going to be on the front page. Just look for all the information there. No worries. Exactly. And uh, we're just, I'm excited because this is like this is my big week. Like this is my Super Bowl. You know, um, Super Bowl is fun, but this is way more fun for me. Right. Um, and I always wanted to do this because I'm always the commentary track at an Oscar party, as it is, mm-hmm. uh, much to the chagrin of a lot of <laughs> the guests. But it's okay. It's my party now. Yeah. So we're at my house. I mean, we're going to talk all we want in the middle of the award show. Is that an Oscar in your trousers, or are you just really excited about the award show? Uh, it's both. No, apparently. it's I'm really excited about the award show. <laughs> yeah. I'm oh, sorry. This oh. is all awkward yeah, for everybody. Yeah, got, got a little erection there. Yeah. <laughs> it's making me okay. I'm going to sit on the other side now. The table's a little unbalanced. <laughs> <laughs> but we just do have an extra leg in case speech. one fails on There we go. And I'm only three movies away. Oh, wow. From okay. completing... The challenge. I'm so pathetic. I nowhere near did not make it at all. I saw Argo. That's it was good. really good. Unfortunately, life happened for yeah. me. Kevin is has seen everything but Amor, and he's now choosing not to see it because he doesn't want to subject himself what? to that. He, he, he's, he's opting not to finish the challenge? But it was so good. Mm-hmm. Why so we get to call him the man girl when he comes in. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I, that movie wrecked me, but I loved it. It yeah. was really good. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Like, I can definitely see it was a good movie, but it was really intense. It was really intense. I think that's why, I, I mean, that's part of the reason why I liked it and invoked an emotion. Yeah. And so uh, the movies I have left are mm-hmm. the following. Wreck-It Ralph, okay. which I will be getting this week to watch. Ooh, let me know. The Sessions. Ooh, let me know. And oh, that one, I think I have to iTunes it, but we can come over. You can, yeah. you know. I want to see that one. And then the last one, which unfortunately I will not be able to see, I think, <gasps> is The Master. Oh, I saw that one. Because it is not in theaters, and it comes out in DVD two days after the Academy Awards. What? Uh, oh, however, so close. I have issued an exemption. Can oh, you do great. that? He did. He, he did, I did this did, a did few this in weeks ago. Yeah. I'm not saying that you haven't done it. I'm saying, can you really? Yes, I can do, do this. All right, very good. I'm the freaking Pope, remember? <laughs> <laughs> pope Spock the first, yes. We've, we've established this, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Vatican, no, I haven't gotten my phone call yet. I don't know what's taking you guys so long. Yeah. Oh, wait, they haven't even had the conclave yet. That's why. Yeah. Right. You, you, don't worry, you're on the list. If you guys want to uh, help chip in to get me a ticket to Rome, so that I could, uh, <laughs> and a red hat. Because they don't check your ID, they check for the red hat. 
when you go into the conclave. Red hat. Okay, good. Red hat. Good. Red. Oh, wait. Looks kind of per- red. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Sorry, it was just the light. Go ahead, please. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, so my exemption would be that if you see all the live action short films and all the animated short films, which would have been one of the choices for level two, if you didn't do that for level two, you are exempt from seeing The Master. And guess what, boys and girls? A couple of your local movie theaters are doing a showcase of the shorts. They Ooh. did one last Friday. They're doing another one this Friday. Oh. And I'm down. I'm totally going to go see it. It's like three and a half hours, though. Holy bejesus. Wait, when on Friday? Friday night? Friday night, yeah. I could do that. That's a lot of shorts. Yeah. That's a well, long. It's mostly the, it's mostly the, um, the live actions oh, ones because really to qualify. Sorry. Really? Nair? Yes. That's what happened. You're yes. doing Nair's theme song? Okay. Well, I support it was, that. It was a... It was another song before. It was I know. a song before I know that, that but, but it's now firmly in my head is the Nair song. So is it just the images of legs? Probably Smooth legs. Ooh, <laughs> Brian's a bit lonely. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, poor Brian. Uh-huh. Brian's got that Nair commercial DVR'd. It's been played so many times. Apparently, he's a leg man. I will thank you to stay out of my personal life. Thank you. So, uh, to qualify as a short film by the Academy, you have to. Be under 40 minutes long. Stop. <laughs> Seriously. Because they say the word long, you're going to no, chuckle. No, I wasn't laughing at that. Oh, really? I, I, had an, I was thinking in my head you had you had to be under four feet. I'm sorry. <laughs> you must be this tall to be nominated. Yes. No. Sorry. I apologize. That's All okay. humorous things I will say louder are not in my mind. Yeah. Most of the uh, animated films are like 10 to 20 minutes at the max. Paperman, which is my, apparently my, my vote for best it's animated film. So good. It was also featured in front of Wreck-It Ralph. Amazing. We brought to it brought a tear to my eye twice. I saw it two different times. Uh, it was. I can't, I'm kind of speechless, actually. I mean, it was that good. Mm-hmm. I really want to see it expanded into something more. It could be if if you could think that like something on the level of like the Notebook in terms of like its its kind of epic quality and its kind of emotional invoking quality could be made into a long full length animated film. Mm-hmm. That would be it. And it's got just touch. Of that Disney magic mm-hmm. that makes it like, oh, there it is. Well, I love oh. it's this cool mixture of animation and CG mm-hmm. all into one. Uh, Two-dimensional animation, to be more w- specific. Without a spoken word. Yeah. And it's exactly. all, ev- all, everything, all the emotion, all of the words are conveyed just through expression and the looks on these people's faces. Yeah. I say people because, I mean, I know they're animated characters, but it's very thought-invoking. Very thought-invoking. And I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's... There's that bit in, in toward the climax. It's just like, oh, and it makes you makes you feel good on the inside. It really does. So hey, I want to see those. I really do, and uh, I hope that one wins because I haven't seen any of the other ones yet. So it's really not a fair opinion whatsoever. All of the ones that have been created, though, that's the one that's gained the most yeah, attention thus far. Absolutely. I think it probably has the best chance and of winning. I'm surprised Pixar's short film that they attached to Brave Luna. Didn't get nominated. That was a really good one. That was a really good one. I it's like the one about that the, kid, the kids that they're um, they're moon sweepers. They clean up the stars that fall on the moon. It was a cute mm-hmm. little. Oh, see so, you now that just doesn't make any sense at all. <sighs> okay, get the science out of your brain for a second. So I'm paper sorry. airplanes. I've been watching <laughs> from the Earth to the Moon again. So I'm in that lunar state of mind. Sorry. You okay? You ragged on me in the cold open for nerds on history for being too logical. Really? It's a cartoon. Yes, I know. It was a joke. Ha 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 Yes. All right, I'll be quiet now. <laughs> uh, speaking of opinions, hey, let's talk about this episode's topic. Yeah, so how did this come up? Like, a few weeks ago, 
We were kind of getting into a discussion a little bit because Brian said it a couple times on the podcast. He does not want to be a critic on the podcast. Yeah, it's true. And um, David and myself have written a couple of movie reviews for mm-hmm. the blog. And um, but Brian, you're, you're pretty careful about not not putting that out there. And so we, you know, we actually kind of had a, a little bit of a a group mass text conversation of our opinions on on what it is to be a film critic and to have film criticism online and that kind of stuff. So Yeah, and it got very philosophical. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely rooted in a lot of personal opinions and a lot of personal biases too. So it's a touchy subject because you're talking about a field that is entirely subjective. Mm-hmm. So what qualifies someone to be a critic in the first place? Well, these are usually people who we respect as having some sort of authority at least that's what we like to think. That, that most critics have this authority on the matter. I, I hate to say it, and I, but I am going to say it. I think the majority of movie critics out there are hacks. Okay. And how do you how do you define hackery? The, the, no. How do you define the movie critic? <laughs> to me, a movie critic. Do you mean my ideal movie critic? You mean? No, I'm saying because wait, you're saying that movie critics are hacks. Are you talking about? Joe Schmo on a blog? Are you talking about one of the writers for Ain't It Cool News? Are you talking about Siskel and Ebert? What qualifies? Are you talking about the person who writes writes for the local paper? Well, well, as as the the saying goes, everyone's a critic. Yes. Right? To me, when I'm talking about critics, I'm really more or less referring to major media. Okay. So major movie sites, sure. I don't know if I consider Ain't It Cool a major movie site. I mean, yes, it is because they break a lot of news. And they do have reviews on it that have earned a lot of respect mm-hmm. from fans out there. I'm thinking more like in the realms of respected, reputable media okay. hubs. Mm-hmm. People who basically follow some sort of journalistic ideal ideology okay. when they're looking to, for their hiring. That being said, a lot of those critics who write for these papers, I don't think they're very good at what they do, to be okay. honest. Well, if I could just say, I mean, yeah. if you think about a critic uh, writing for uh, a newspaper, for example, that could be their very first job. Than mm-hmm. they have. They could mm-hmm. come fresh out of journalism school and get stuck with the movie critic position. That might, you know, I don't know how. Actually, how much, no. That's actually no? that's one of those ones that you actually have to usually do like a lot of really crappy writing um, before you get into actual critic because you have to demonstrate that you can um, form an opinion. True, but I, I would say that's very characteristic of like a major paper, right? So like the Huffington Post, like the the even, New York Times, even on local papers, even local papers, even that's local the, papers. Because oh. the thing is, is the critic job, the editorial jobs, those are the good ones. True, the, but the the, the op ed type things, that's. Well, well, be that as it may, it, it still are, comes those down. Those are coveted positions. It still comes down to it being somebody's opinion. Right, sure. and I, I'd say if every single critic out there had a criteria by which to critique movies, like if there was a um, some sort of um, chart that you had mm-hmm. to follow, right, that it had certain things that you that everyone had to meet at, and then you had a conclusion for each of those specific qualifications, yeah, then everybody would have something to work off of that they could compare to each other. But as it is right now, yeah. that's not really the case. Most movie critics out there, it is ultimately their opinion. That's true, but it's also how you phrase it too that makes a difference uh, to me a critic will lose my respect the moment they start pont- pontificating about how film should be because at that point i was like well who anointed you what authority where's your film degree from what films have you made that have given you that that weight and most of these guys with the exception of maybe R- roger ebert haven't even touched a film like they've never maybe they took a film class I mean, some of them have film degrees 
Leonard Moulton is my personal choice of like critics I respect, and I'll get to them in a second. But to me, most of these guys just don't they just don't have the credibility to me to be able to judge a film adequately, at least. Okay. That's that's me. That's that's my my standpoint. And I'll go into more criteria if you want as to what qualifies it. But I'm curious to hear what your position is. Oh dear. Um, so hey, this is mutual respect. No, I, here, so no, no I know. No, no, I know. And I am here to break up any and all fights that may develop as a result. Yeah, of this. we were actually kind of worried about the about Brian and I doing this. We're one. both Just, Irish, so it's like yeah, about us doing this. The because we we do have pretty different opinions. Um, we say you can't you know, judge a film a- adequately. Well, here's what I want to say is what's adequately. Mm-hmm. Now, no joke, when I was preparing for this, I went back into some of my old college texts because I remember taking an intro to literary criticism class. And um, it was actually probably one of my favorite classes to take. And the thing that's really interesting about criticism in general when you're criticizing something like an art is that there are many ways to look at it. And there's different schemes. You can do something that's completely subjective. You know, in, in literature, it's reader response. If you're mm-hmm. if you're talking movies, it's going to be viewer response. Um, the reason why I wrote my blog post about a more, not necessarily as a review, but more of a, a demonstration of how I responded to that movie, mm-hmm. is because um, well, first of all, I know you had a very different different opinion about your experience with it that you you know you weren't necessarily a sure. huge fan because it was so intense. Yeah. But because it was so intense and because it really um, affected me personally. That's why I enjoyed it so much. So the, you do have that way of looking at it if you if you mm-hmm. wanted to, um, and if you wanted to be a little bit more formal. Again, in literature, it's uh, it's called new criticism, which is actually technically old criticism now. But it's how we a lot of things in canon are defined. Um, what sort of structure does it have? Does it use metaphor? Does it use imagery? You know, if you're looking at poetry, what sort of meter and scansion, etc. Um, and when you look at those those structures and those tools. It's a very classical way of looking at it, and you look at it, okay, so um, all of this has a very unified structure, therefore it is good, Mm -hmm. and therefore it is canon. That could totally be applied to damn near anything that Spielberg does. Sure, but because you're it's classical filming. Yeah, but, but you're using different. You need to use different criteria, though, right? Exactly. So, yeah. uh, but and so that's the thing. You can you can use these tools. You can use these different schemes yeah. of how to look at it and how to criticize. Yeah, and I'm saying a lot of these critics don't. Uh, and that could very well be possible. Yeah. But the thing is, is if even if they're looking at it from a completely subjective perspective, mm-hmm. it's still reader response. It's still a criticism. It's still valid. And because um, even if these people don't necessarily have credentials, et cetera, should they be necessarily spouting this is how film should be? Not necessarily. Or they can say, I think that film could be this way. Yes. And I do think that film is an art. And I feel like art is for everybody. And I feel like people should be able to put their opinions out there. Mm-hmm. for other people to see. That's true. That's very true. Unfortunately, the critics have fallen into a very important wheel in the system of Hollywood, though, because you need to earn critical praise in order to get a, an award for a movie, too. A lot of awards come from critical praise, number one, because it gets people's attention, people go to see the movie, okay? Even people who are in the industry. Are you, ta- are you talking about, like, specifically like, Critics' Choice Award? Critics' Choice Award, um, the major papers, right? Like the major papers in New York and L.A. 
what, mm-hmm. the, what they have to say about it can do well, and, and, good things uh, for Golden a film. Globes is foreign press, right? <clears throat> right, the Golden Globes is foreign press, exactly. Um, so, but then, but then, alternately, you have the SAG Awards. True, and but the Golden Globes tend to be the deciders for the Oscars too. They tend to be a, a usually be a, are the precursors to what wins the Academy Award because a lot of the people who are in the Hollywood foreign press may or may not be Academy members too. Okay, depends because you don't have to be. There's different. There's weird rules about the Academy. Usually, you have to be a nominee to be accepted into the Academy. You're automatically an Academy member once you've been nominated. But you could. They can also um, invite people to be the members from other fields. Uh, I think Oprah is a member of the Academy, and she's. I mean, she's done a couple films, but she's never been nominated for Academy Award. Yeah, but she's freaking Oprah. Exactly. She has control in so many things. <laughs> right. Right. And you know, clearly millions and millions of middle-aged housewives value her opinion and are part of her book club. So there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I true. value her opinion. I love Oprah. Yeah, <laughs> There's a charisma of personality, right, that can get people sure. to, to listen to you. That's true. Certainly true. Well, why don't I go over what I think the criteria are then for what should qual- what, you, what tools a critic should use if they're going to evaluate a film. So you you think that there should be a criteria? There should be some some rules. Yeah, and I, some think, I think on that part we agree. I think there has to be criteria that you look at. I don't think that there has to be. Yeah. I'm saying you can, but I don't think there has to be. There's also there's there's a bunch of other ways to look at it too. There's you know there's feminist theory, there's queer theory, all, all this stuff on how you can look at a film. So I don't think that there has to be structure. I'm saying that there's one way of looking at it, and it is really applicable to certain types of things that do have a lot of structure. But then there's plenty of, like, indie art house stuff that doesn't necessarily have the structure. Well, for me, mine starts pretty simple. It goes back to Goethe's idea of art criticism, because he has it asking three simple questions. What is the point of the art? How well does it execute that point? What's the point worth, worth making? So... That doesn't apply to every movie, because try applying that to The Expendables, you're not really going to get a very solid argument out of that, you know? But yet, some people will value hey, the point of the that. The value. point of that could just be entertainment. Was it worth it? That's up to you. I think that's a very that, that's a pretty simple, simplistic one. I think there should be more factors than that. I think it depends on the type of film, too. Different films have to be weighed different ways. So, you're going to weigh an action movie far differently than you weigh a drama. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that comes down to, yes, that does partly come down to the taste of the critic, but it really it comes down to the content, too. Inception, I think, is a wonderful action movie. Most people don't think of it as an action movie. Most people think of it as a psychological thriller. And it's kind of both. It's that whole weird yeah, thing about genres they, they that crosses. They don't have to be mutually exclusive at all. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so when you're looking at genre, those, those do actually have defining tools, just like you define certain forms of literature and certain forms of poetry, you know? And because a film is such a diverse field, you get lots of fusion. You know, you get elements of fantasy and sci-fi. You get elements of Western and drama. And everything is usually leads to comedy or drama at its core, right? But if it's which flavor is the most dominant mm-hmm. is the is – the, and I guess maybe that's the tool that you use to, to judge it by, you know, to, to evaluate it by. But because there's so much, it becomes a very flexible way of being able to do it. You know, there are these different ways of looking at it too. I think there's more common ground here than we might than we might. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, for example, a movie like "There's Something About Mary." Okay. No question, it's a comedy, right? But the guy has sperm dangling off his ear, so yes. <laughs> Definitely more of a of a slapstick. Yeah. Gross out kind of. Clearly. Comedy. <laughs> there's, there's no need to to, and that's the Fairly Brothers. That's their style. Yeah. Right. 
so how are you going to weigh that (laughs) against like one like the Marx Brothers? Sure. You can't. Yeah. Right? Because they're two different, they're they're different styles altogether. But as a film like that, I mean, I think it also goes back to the story, too. That movie actually has a pretty solid story to it. Mm -hmm. And it holds up even after 15 years. The fact that we're still watching it 15 years later is a pretty good evaluation. I'm not sure if critique of a film should happen right when the movie's released. I'm almost wondering if it's this this ongoing evolution of it. You know, Citizen Kane wasn't liked all that much when it came out. In fact, I think it was nominated for Best Picture, but it didn't win. Mm-hmm. And now it's still consistently viewed as the, the greatest film of all time. Well, and there's plenty of like I think best best Oscar winners from the past that you go back and you're like, yeah, all right. Yeah, and Citizen Kane, honestly, like in my and this is again my personal opinion, but having seen the movie, cinematographically, it's got some shots that were way ahead of its time. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, unbelievable shots in that movie. Story, eh, it's okay. okay. Acting is so so too. Certain elements of that movie are starting to show their their age. Yeah. And you have to start to think of it really in the context of the 1940s when it came out. It's actually a form of criticism. This is historical criticism. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, But context is super, super important. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really what I'm getting at, is you have to look at the film in the context of what it is, mm-hmm. where it went, when it is, and what it's trying to do. Yeah. You know, something about Mary is not trying to address a social concern about dating at all. It's, it's telling an interesting story. About love, mm-hmm. you know, in a really gross way, but it, but it but it does its job, you know. Yeah, I can agree with the on on those points. Yes, but then I think the the point where we do disagree is that who's allowed to then have those opinions? Yeah, that's true. And I think that everybody is entitled to their opinion. I feel like if people want to talk about their opinion, I encourage that. And it's really good that there's sites like Rotten Tomatoes and that kind of stuff where you have the critics, you have a critics review and the the audience review. Yeah. But it's interesting how that that site exists because of a distrust of critics. And, And that's fine. Here's the thing, though. Because you said it, everybody's a critic. Even general audience people are critics. And they're allowed to be. Yeah. And I think that, yes, it's totally fine to have movie nerds on um, you know, ain't it cool? Film school reja- rejects. Uh, I watch stuff. Whatever. All these websites that are just dedicated to loving movies. Those are the people that I think you really do want to get their opinion, and you do want to hear what they have to say, because that's your target audience. And even if they don't, even if you don't like what they have to say, you're just gonna have to listen to it and deal with it. Yeah. And be okay with it, and know that it's not that they're necessarily criticizing you, but they're just having an opinion about your film and if you become angry and bitter about it then you become george lucas and you don't want that so right and that's a valid point a couple very very valid points there i get that for me i just i have a classical mindset criticism is a would you agree that criticism can be a form of rhetoric or is a form of rhetoric yeah i can okay so with me rhetoric i i think of the the classical approach to it which is the ethos pathos logos Mm -hmm. trifecta uh, yeah, so you have to have, certainly, first off, a strong argument, right? You have to have a certain charisma about it for people to want to listen to it. But it also, you have to have credibility. That's the ethos statement. You have to have that credibility for it to make your opinion matter. And, yes, yeah, so a site that is devoted to movies definitely has that because these are people who watch a lot of movies. They've gained enough experience to be able to do it. To a degree, I don't think every movie site all of a sudden become it becomes validated for being able to adjudicate a movie, but I, I understand the spirit behind it. I think really what it comes down to is it comes down to how the critic chooses to phrase their argument 
You know, I think it's really always what it comes down to. Sure. Well, and, and I'm not saying that, like, critics should be completely allowed to shit on everything. And that's that's not necessarily what I'm saying, you know. And I, I do think that you have to, to temper it. And, and you try to go into it as, as level-headed as you possibly can. And if you look for the good, you look for the bad, et cetera. And that's – see, that's where we're another point where we do agree. Yeah. I think you have to weigh both qualities of film. Mm-hmm. And there's some reviews that are scathing. That sure. are absolutely scathing. And you know what? But it, the thing is, is if there's a movie that you just really cannot find anything good about it, then I think you're allowed to. I think you're allowed to say that. I think you're allowed. I do think you're allowed to say that because I mean, you could. I mean, you could say, you know, Geely was a terrible freaking movie, but yeah, Ben Affleck well, looked handsome in it. Okay, so like, you know, I mean, come on. <laughs> so I will say this: the cat's out of the bag at this point. I, mean, I don't know if we've let it slip at all, but you know, technically, I mean, I. I have I achieved any level of acclaim? No. Have I directed a few short films? Yes. I understand the difficulty in the, the filmmaking process. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many critics actually do understand what it takes to get a movie made. And with that in mind, I think there's always something that you can find in the movie. Some movies are really bad and it's very hard to find. But there's always something or someone mm-hmm. that the work shines in. Very, very, very rarely do you get... And these are usually movies that aren't widely released, too. Yeah. And the movies that are just so bad in every respect that you have to find them on Netflix or you have to find them through no Redbox terminal mm-hmm. because that's the only pe- place where they could sell the movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like uh, the review, you know, we didn't actually see them on screen, but the best boy in this film <laughs> did the best possible job any best boy could ever do. <laughs> and we just want to acknowledge them for that. Yeah. Do you know what the best boy does? I have absolutely no idea. I'm assuming he sits around and people just say, you're doing a good job, young man. <laughs> you're the best at it. Nope. Uh, they are an electrician. On the yeah, well, you set. know what? If the lights go out, you can have a shitty film. Hey, I, <laughs> yep. I root for electricians yeah. all over the time. Right? Yeah, best boy. Th- this movie sucked. There was nothing good about it, but that lighting, fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Just gotta say. Yeah, can, I, can I say something, though? Just listening to, to the two of you go back and forth for a minute. Mm-hmm. I mean, we critique everything. As human beings. It's it's kind of our nature to, right? Yes. Every single thing that we do. That person who's driving in front of me is driving like an asshole. Why did I say that? Because I'm critiquing their driving based off of my driving. Yeah. So, you know, the same thing can be said of, of movies uh, or anything, really. I mean, you're basing it on ultimately your own viewpoint mm-hmm. and opinion. Now, I do agree, though, that there are some people who, because of the time and care that they've spent, are more educated in that sense on what they're critiquing. You know, if you are yourself a filmmaker, you, like you said, understand the difficulties of making a film. Maybe you've spent years in school and you understand the nuances of making a film. You, in my opinion, are more credible in telling me why this is not good for the reason you're telling me. But ultimately, it's still just your reason. Yeah. Well, and, and, that, and that's very true. And that's okay. You know, and if you want, if you become a more credible source because you have whatever to back it up. That's awesome. Very good for you. Please, you know, if you can get a job writing, doing whatever you got to do, having your own website, that's cool. But I don't think that we should discredit Bob Bob so-and-so who went to go see the movie and liked it because, man, Michael Bay really puts in a bunch of explosions and I really dig that. That is totally valid to like that. Or, you know, Susie whatever who doesn't like it because... 
there were not enough lasers. So <laughs> I don't see the, the, this point. We're seeing eye to eye here because yeah. I think if Bob's what's his face decides it was to Bob so and so, thank you. Oh, oh fine, whatever. Get his okay. name Bob, right. <laughs> what's his face? He hasn't been in the it, what's his face for his middle name. Oh, Bob, okay. what's his face? So and so. Gotcha. Okay? Let's get it right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bob W. So and so. So. Okay. So Bob W. So-and-so decides to write this eloquently written, very good review of a movie. That goes back to the, to, it goes back to the argument mm-hmm. statement. It's a valid argument because he takes the time to really address it in a very thoughtful way. But you're right. Was it, what was the girl's name you said? Uh, it was uh, Susie, Susie whatever, I think. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Uh, yeah, whatever. Okay. Because she didn't like it because there wasn't enough, none, wasn't enough lasers. Perfect example mm-hmm. of, I mean, it's also a really short example, but perfect yeah. example of it. I don't want to sound like we're making enemies here, but can I bring up Harry Knowles for a second? Go for it. Yeah, I don't validate his opinion as a critic at all. Why? Why? Because... Are we, you still uh, mad about his review for Dark Knight Rises? Oh, furious <laughs> about it. But th- th- that doesn't mean I gave him credit beforehand <laughs> either. I didn't really like him that much beforehand. Oy. Yeah. So, uh, here's the thing. So he's a guy who basically is what you're talking about. You know, he was the guy who started his own website, started writing his own opinion, and he gained a fan base out of it. And because that, you know, gained some credibility and even some acceptance from the mass media, too, as a critic. And there's a certain point where I think bias clouds judgment. And I think in his case, that's exactly what happens. You can never eliminate it totally. Because you do your bias is your bias. It's always going to be something about how you perceive art that is going to affect your opinion i think his particularly when you look at the review of the dark knight rises is there are these there are so many firm opinions he has on things that are inflexible that makes me feel like that his his reviews just don't carry that much weight in my in my book for that reason but then again, you look at it, and it's those are his opinions, and, and, you, and he has a right to his opinions. And but you, and I also you, have a right to not to not listen to them either. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You do have the right to not listen, or you have the right to listen and go, "Yeah, I don't see what you're talking about." But the point is, is the dialogue is there, and I don't think that anybody's opinion and, and anybody's criticism should be censored. And if they do have, a, if he does have a fan base, and he has people who, um, you know, follow, and then you know like wow yeah i totally see what you're talking about i get that and and agree with him then that's fine they're they're entitled to do that um what i don't like are you know people who are on you know comment boards or whatever and forums and they're just you know saying christopher nolan's hitler or something like that you know like that. <laughs> <laughs> you always have those people well, those, those people, people just, just want immediately attention just disregard yeah. Yeah, it's just like, ha- yeah yeah and it, they're saying it just because they want yeah. somebody to reply with it like just yeah. the one thing i hate is like when they when they announce something in the movie and you see the little comments like this is gonna be the best movie ever and then we're gonna immediately after up oh, this movie just lost all my respect and you haven't even seen a trailer for the movie yet yeah you know it's just like seriously really right can i ask you both a question yes. sure Obviously, you have a movie critic that you're not a big fan of. Is there a movie critic? And, and just just give me the name of the person. Is there a movie critic that you are a big fan of? Leonard Maltin. Leonard Maltin. Sarah, do you have a, a favorite and maybe a not-so-favorite? I completely do not. You and don't? I don't, because um, when I'm reading critiques and stuff, um, especially on Ain't It Cool and the, the movie websites that I go to, is I specifically do not look at their names. Okay. I don't want to know if it's a man or a woman. Um, because I don't want to have uh, a gender-skewed idea of who's writing oh. and of okay. their opinion. And I kind of, well, I will read it. I'll take a look at it. I'll just be like, 
okay, no matter what, I'm probably going to see the movie for myself. Or if I'm not going to see it, it's because I wasn't interested in the in it in the first place. Right. So mine uh, is is probably you guys. Why? Because we're all friends. We're friends for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. We all get along because we we have very similar viewpoints and ideas. We think alike. Yeah. And yeah. so I know that if Brian says, "Oh, this movie's badass," there's a really good chance because you know. I, I think very much well, like I Brian does. I could taste if I don't say myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm going to think that's probably a good movie. Now, somebody else, however, may not. Because maybe they just don't think along the same lines as Brian. It doesn't mean that Brian's opinion is not We have a coworker right. who we have very different opinions of right. for films. Exactly. exactly. And so, you know, a lot of people, Brian, if I can use it as an example, look to a particular movie critic, probably because they've read their critics before and agree with their critiques, Yeah. And align with them yeah. in some way. They, mm-hmm. they see some of their same thought process with that person, and therefore they're more likely inclined to listen yeah. to that person well, because they will probably enjoy it because right, the other one here did. Here you go. Not a movie critic, a wine critic. Wilfred. <laughs> wow. Wil- okay, cool. Wilfred yeah. Long. Okay. I, when I go to BevMo and I'm checking out um, on bottles and stuff, I will follow that opinion. Yeah. And, and that's you, and you know what? He would probably follow yours too. And that's just because even yeah. though he's a wine expert per se and has maybe a little bit more mm-hmm. experience with that palate. Mm-hmm. Because you guys are probably have very because similar tastes. I totally agree with his with his taste. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I think that I mean I might just be, be beating a dead horse at this point, but I think that's just kind of my point is that yeah. we all align with particular people that we relate to, mm-hmm. which is why we all vote along similar party sure. lines or what have you, right? Those are just things that we do. Yeah. Sure. Um and therefore those critics have to exist. You yeah. have to have the people that you don't like and you don't like because someone else does. Yeah. And that's their critic. And yeah. that's meant for them. Uh, and that's totally understandable. I mean every Buddy has that. I think I'm talking about what's going to earn you respect as a critic. But what what earns you respect for one person is disrespect for another. Sure. And it kind of comes down to that as well. That's the charisma uh, aspect that I'm, I'm talking about. Well, and yeah. you, can, you can have a lot of people. You can have um, somebody who is really respected by just your average audience goer, your average viewer with an internet connection, because that person reflects mm-hmm. that more so than somebody who's really involved in the process, somebody who um, is really invested in Hollywood, has connections in Hollywood, and maybe dancing around the subject. That's another thing, too, That's, is how many people end up getting bought off, right? How yeah. many people are doing it just because, you know, they're like teachers in certain Ivy League colleges who don't want to give out, you know, Ds and Fs because it makes them look bad. Understandable. Yeah. I can I can get that, too. And there definitely are plenty of critics who play into that system and maybe say hey maybe the studios we don't know for sure but maybe this is a very clandestine conversation or phone call because i think i would probably rather get my information get get an opinion on a movie from a critic who is not involved in hollywood who doesn't have their nose halfway up hollywood's ass yeah well was it sony who got in trouble for a couple about 10 years ago for inventing a critic's name actually creating this fake critic who's would get these little movies and movie quotes oh my god yeah exactly um i almost feel like the film makers or directors are really the best critics of all uh i have a a cousin who's in the film industry and he was telling me a story of once a a rather famous director i won't say his name but he produced a a rather famous movie that was not very widely accepted but he came in and spoke to the class and he pretty much said yeah um this movie was the worst piece of garbage i've ever done and i I am sorry this was terrible this was really bad and honestly i don't think the people who were telling me it was good for telling me the truth. They just didn't want to say it to my face because I am so-and-so. And I think it's garbage. What do you all think? 
and we literally asked the class. And everyone was like, kind of stunned. Well, yeah. um, there, well, see, there you go. There's <laughs> like, your yeah, ethos statement right there, right? Yeah. I think it's garbage. What do you think? Right. You're almost kind of afraid to disagree with them because, like, if the film, like, if the director of the movie didn't even like it, <laughs> crap. Like, yeah, you know. Um, why do I like Leonard Maltin? Okay, let's let's let me talk about that for a second because you, you guys will bring up all these points, like someone who maybe does he pander to Hollywood. I don't think he does. I think he gives every film review that he gives a balance to it. He admits the parts he doesn't like, and he will admit to a film he doesn't like. You know, and but he also very he he makes it very internal. Mm-hmm. He says, "No, this movie didn't didn't have me at this point. This is where the movie lost me." He doesn't make it about why this movie is bad or why this movie is good. He made it about his experience with the film, and that's I think super super important. You have to address the critique the review as your experience but if i could just say i mean that's that is very much your opinion that's true that that is very much your mindset because when you go see a film you're looking at it from the perspective as as a piece of art whereas there are many who go to see films who don't see it as art i'm not saying that they're not i'm just saying that there's people who see it just for the pure sense of entertainment that's true just for its value only and those people i'm guessing are the kind of people who respond to people who say it's crap it's good. And they don't really need yeah. the in-depth yeah. explanation. Art, art, art is... Uh, this is two different... I can't remember who developed these concepts. It's been a while since taken the media class. My apologies. But uh, there's two different views of, of culture. One is that culture is a skyscraper. And one is that culture is a roadmap. I'm more of the, fav- the favor that culture is a roadmap. It's not a... There's not an echelon necessarily right, right. to it. Opera can be equally as valid as dubstep. It's just they're two different destinations on a roadmap. Right. I so, agree with that. Um, they're both art, but one is definitely have a, has a different value to it, right? One has a more refined sense of of, and, and I even say the word refined, and that that is using a term of judgment. It's classical, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's right. Someone trying to someone if someone can pull up dubstep and opera fused together, that person is is is, is going to be a genius. That's the next Mozart. If you can successfully weave those two together. Holy crap. Because those are very, very, very different art forms, right? Yeah, but again, when it comes down to art, it just depends on how who the person is and how it speaks to them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's very true. Because one person will look yeah. at a Monet, and the other person will look at a Jackson Pollock, yeah. and they'll both feel the exact same emotion, but they'll look at then each other's painting yeah. and say, what the hell? So, yeah. an, an, so another reason why I think Bolton is good, to, so yes, we talked about the balance, yes, so it is his opinion, my opinion. He's not brash when he criticizes a film, even if, if he thinks the film is bad. He's still respectful of the film. He respects the film, but he doesn't necessarily thinks it's good or bad, you know? And the other thing is that, frankly, what does he do for a living when he's not writing reviews? He teaches film at the University of Southern California, which is one of the best film schools in the country. He teaches film theory there, too. So he's gained enough credibility that he's now teaching the next generation of filmmakers how to execute film for the future. So he's got all the above going for it. And he didn't always start off that way, I don't think. I don't know where, where his background is, unfortunately, but he's at the point in his life where he's attained, attained everything we're talking about. Respect, a sensible uh, way of, of proposing his argument, and balance, you know? And that's that's great. You know, yeah. again, credibility is a wonderful thing. I just, again, I just do not think that um, the the average user should be discounted. Like, I talk to my dad about movies all the time mm-hmm. and you know, what, what does he like to listen to or what does he like to watch? And same thing with my brother. Um, have either of them ever made a movie? No. Have either of them 
ever been in a movie? No, but they've been watching movies their whole life. Right, right. And this also goes back to our primary question, though, right? Mm -hmm. What to us defines critics? And we have two very different viewpoints of what qualifies as critics. We know that everybody's a critic, but to me, when I'm talking about a film critic, I'm talking about right. majorly published people. I'm talking, uh, and uh, the way I yeah. see it is I talk, I, I'm talking about anybody who's willing to have a dialogue about a movie. But the funny thing is, you're both right. Yeah. yeah. yeah th- th- there is no right or wrong. And this <laughs> was never intended to be a debate over which one was right or which one was wrong. I just also, but here's the other thing, though, is I disagree saying that most movie critics are hacks. Major media movie critics being hacks. I don't necessarily see that. And I see that as people who have their opinion and maybe people who are maybe a little bit more pretentious in the way that they word it. Um, there's probably people who are very strong, harsh critics. Like, And that's that's all very possible, but that doesn't necessarily mean that somebody's a hack. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Sarah. Because there are those people out there who are going to read those reviews yeah. from those kind of people, and they were like, thank God this person was there. Because they're the kind of person who's going to go to that movie, and they're going to halfway through it decide that they don't like it for whatever reason, yeah. and they're going to keep feeling that, regardless yeah. of what happens in terms of acting or story mm-hmm. or plot development. Right. They've already established that opinion that, this is caca. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the people who they listen to are going to have those same exact opinions beforehand. Yeah. Good. Save an extra seat for somebody who does want to enjoy the movie. Right. You know, let them have those views and opinions. Let them be harsh. Let them be short and to the point um, without having to complicate things. Now, I know you say when you read a review, you try to to ignore the name and therefore the gender mm-hmm. of it. Have you heard anything about Rex Reed recently? Mm-mm. This is one I wanted to talk about because... So, Melissa McCarthy, of course, she and Jason Bateman are in the movie Identity Thief. Yes. That came out recently. I love uh, Melissa McCarthy. She's so cute. Yeah. Um, Rex Reed wrote a pretty bad review for it, mm. the movie. Again, his opinion's valid. Then he ha- then he started trashing Melissa McCarthy. And he started calling her tractor-sized, humongous, obese, <gasps> and a female hippo. <gasps> in the review for the movie. What the hell does that have to do with the movie, though? That has nothing to do with the movie. His opinion on the movie may be valid, but when you can't just fucking rag on a person like that, that's not okay. Yeah. This this made national news. If you want to rag on a person's performance, if you want to say the person's performance was not good, if you want to say the movie, whatever, but do not call the person fat. That makes you a bully and an asshole. Well, he he factored it into her performance in the film, too. What? How does that make a difference? Yeah. That's my well. Let's let's let me see if I can pull up. His, She's too his, fat his to review. act. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, she did. This is an Academy Award nominated actress, by the way, too. So again, if you, I mean, some people don't even give accreditation to the Academy. So you know, that's again, this is all subjective. Let me pull this up real quick. And see, this is where I'm. Okay, so this is the this is dancing the fine line. What's mm-hmm. a, what's a critique, and what's just being a dick? That's being a dick. Okay, because I you. You have no right, when you are being a film critic, you have no right to start trashing a person. If you're going to if you're gonna do, give a critique about a Mel Gibson movie, you better sure as hell be talking about the movie and not the fact that he's crazy. <laughs> sure. No, I, I, I agree 100%. It's interesting how much of a media backfire that's been given um, by other media people. Oh, I'm who, sure. Yeah, and uh, who even when he's given responses uh-huh. to it, he's just been digging himself a bigger and bigger hole. He hasn't even been able to... And like he said, oh, I don't care if she's fat. She can be as fat as she wants to be. Just like, okay, great. That's so, not the point. That's not the point. But like, you're also you're not 
making yourself look like a really nice guy either by by the way you're phrasing yourself. I can't find the review online, so I apologize for not well, being care. able to quote I, it. I mean, honestly, I don't want to hear the crap, but I yeah. mean, who cares if she's a big girl? How does a weight affect acting? That's what it I want to know. Because if he's citing that as the reason for why he's calling her out for not being his ideal version of, of someone's weight, how does it affect acting? That that I'm not asking you guys. I'm asking him. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it, the answer is it, it doesn't. It doesn't. The answer is he's got some issue with people who are overweight. I wonder what he looks like. What's oh, his name? He's, he's not that good looking either. What's his name? Rex what? Rex Reed. Rex Reed. Let's have a look at this guy. Yeah, that's that's him. Okay. Well, Rex Reed, um, I, I'm not going to stoop to your level, but you know what you look like. No. <laughs> Irony? <laughs> <laughs> but he's not stooping anyone. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So, I just wanted to, to, to no, show an no, example and of no, and what we both... But that's yeah. crossing the line because yeah. that's no longer a, a movie critique. That's him again. That's him. That's being him attacking a dick. somebody. That's yeah. that is attacking. Yeah. And and I don't think that people should attack. I don't think that somebody should sit there and say, you know, this director is the worst director ever, or you know, whatever the case may be. I don't think that anybody should definitely criticize an actor or an actress for their looks because the director chose them for everything for their acting for their look for whatever because they were right for the part you know and that's not up to that's not up to the critique or the the critic that's not up to anybody but the director the casting director producers etc sure i've got three people john goodman john candy john belushi all johns all big all amazing actors there you go it is suck it reed here's the thing it is a little different because you are talking about a woman i will say that queen latifah is awesome queen latifah is awesome she is. And you know what? Oprah hasn't been skinny her whole life. She's a good actress, too. That's I'm true. not just saying that because I love Oprah. I'm just saying it's that clearly. because it's true. There you have it. So that was actually a lot more civil than I thought. We didn't throw anything. No, we didn't. We did. That's didn't. pretty good. Well, no there was that lips. part where we had to cut where you try to stab him, but yeah. that's fine. I mean, that's we okay. We've all tried to stab Brian. The, 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 the bleeding, the bleeding stopped him. pretty quickly. Yeah. We didn't have to go to the emergency room. Yeah. yeah. So no, I'm just saying, don't give me that look again. No problem. All right. All right. All right. Stab you in the throat. Okay. All right. <laughs> Calm down. Um, we we see all, I I a lot more than than than, so. we, than we differ our opinions. I think mm-hmm. so. That's fine. Either that or we're just playing nice right now. No, I'm not playing nice. I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I'm really. How often I'm usually a dick? Only really, really, very rarely. I, think. I know, I know. So, okay, and I acknowledge that I can be a dick sometimes. Never on the air though. Right. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> This is a fun conversation. This was really fun. And thank you, Eric, so. for moderating. I think yeah, you brought you. up some valid points, too. Mm-hmm. I had one. It was, no, but it was really good. It was a very good point. It was. It was cultivating for a little while. It was stone. It was, it was great. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on. Absolutely. And listeners, we're getting closer to that day. Please listen to us live this Sunday. Live Oscar podcast. 530 and then all of your friends who are over Pacific watching Standard. the Oscars can listen for the first time, perhaps, and hear how awesome we are normally. And know what they can do. They can go to Nerdonomy.com and they can subscribe what? to our podcast. I That's know. crazy. Yep. Or they can go to Twitter and they can follow us at Nerdonomy. And guess what? You'll even get to hear David McGuire because he will be there. Yay, David McGuire David will be coming will be back, back. As well as Kevin Sutorius. Su- Su- Sutorius. Yes. 
Yes, Sartorius. everyone. Sean won't be won't be able to take part. Yeah. Hopefully, he'll be part of the live chat. I hope so. Yeah, because he will be there in spirit, yeah. and he'll certainly be watching. He will. Please, if you took part in the Nerdami Challenge, please keep your ticket stubs because we remember we do have prizes for that, right? Yeah. You saw all the best picture nominations. You get a uh, T-shirt, right, mm-hmm. from us of your picking from the from our merch. If you win the challenge, you get to pitch us an idea for an episode and a cameo in the episode. Pretty sweet. That is pretty cool. And you get a t-shirt still, too. So, you know, make it happen. Awesome. You really want to do it, guys. It's fun. Indeed. Have a great week, guys. Take care. Bye. Rex Reed. Suck it. And roll credits. Roll credits.